Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! Well, Hammer, Trump says he's been informed by the deranged special counsel that he's the target of a January 6th probe and expects another indictment coming down the line anytime soon here. Uh, so I'm starting to lose track of all the indictments. There's one in New York, right? The That's state, Fat Alvin. The state level with the campaign finance and the hush money payments, blah, blah, blah. Then we have this this Jack Smith guy, the special counsel. Deranged special counsel Jack Smith! Uh, <laughs> who has indicted him over the process crimes of the uh, the the documents in the bathroom at Mar-a-Lago. Right. And so we have a potential third indictment now, as I understand it, coming down the pipeline. I haven't seen it. Nothing's been official, but Trump talked about it, right? He wrote on Truth Social um, that he's going to be the target of the of a January 6th grand jury investigation. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, this gives me a very short four days to report to the grand jury, quote, which almost always means an arrest and indictment. Mm. So we're talking January 6th stuff here, Nige. Now, yeah. a spokesperson for the special counsel's office declined to comment on Trump's remarks about this probe. And technically, the new charges against Trump are unclear. But if this is yeah. January 6th stuff, I mean, we kind of know where this is going to go, right? Yeah. And you have to remember, the, the Jack Smith dude, the special counsel, was already investigating the January 6th stuff as some sort of conspiracy. And the, the mis... The indictment of the mishandling of the documents was not his main focus, but that ended up being his first indictment. His original task was January 6th. And by the way, just a side note, if, did you happen to notice, like, there were two, Trump released two giant long statements. You only read a little bit of it. But I noticed that the statements didn't really mention anything specifically about January 6th and what happened because, I mean, I think somebody in his inner circle got to him and said, hey, remember that debacle of an interview you had with Brett Baer about the classified documents? Documents. Let's not make the same mistake again. I just thought as a side note, that was kind of funny. Now, if you're Donald Trump, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, hell, I got the DOJ, you know, beating down my neck here. What if I, oh, I don't know, illegally bought a gun, lied on the gun background check, laundered money, uh, evaded taxes, accepted bribes from foreign <laughs> oligarchs, smuggled coke into the White House? Maybe, <laughs> maybe the DOJ would look the other way. But instead, I told people to protest peacefully, and now they're coming after me. And for those of you who don't remember, here is Donald Trump on January 6th. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard today. Peacefully. Ah. Interesting. Yeah, like he had every right to protest. Trump had every right to demonstrate the outcome of the 2020 elections. But what the deranged prosecutor, (laughs) Jack Smith, what what this dude's trying to prove is 
I guess what was Trump's end goal on January 6th? Screwing with the transfer of power after the election? That's a big deal, and that's what he's trying to prove. Is it the transfer of power, or is it firing up the crowd to cause such chaos? I just do not see in any way, shape, or form. There's too much. There's that that speech that he gave. There's his Twitter. I mean, he went out on Twitter and said this exact same thing, right? Two separate tweets, and then there was a third one that had video that Trump claims was ultimately deleted by Twitter, but two of them are still up. If you go back and look at Donald Trump's Twitter feed from January 6th, 21, quote, I'm asking everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order, respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Then there's a follow-up tweet, quote, please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are truly on the side of our country. Stay peaceful. So, yeah, so, so, so the incitement thing—I just don't see it. I mean, there were already lunatics over there uh, acting, acting out of control while Trump was still on stage. Uh, but I do see them maybe the angle of the transfer of power after the election, the whole, you know, the Fulton County, Georgia, stop the steal thing, find me some votes. That might be another angle. That might actually be an, another indictment altogether. So if Georgia happens, which I think everybody agrees is probably going to happen, you're looking at four here. Four indictments going on during a presidential campaign, which he's leading. This is such a bizarre time in our country. Strange. It's a wild time. And what's strange, I guess it's not so much strange, but I feel like it's inevitable Inevitable now is that he's going to get a bump in the polls again. Sure. If another indictment. He always does. Uh, now, here's the question everybody needs to ask themselves. And I don't, I'm not saying that there is, but if there is solid evidence that Trump tried to, I don't know, manipulate or snatch back the election through some sort of illegal maneuver, does that matter more to voters than this, whatever this stupid process crime over keeping the documents at Mar-a-Lago? Does that, if there's any proof there? But I think the whole thing, I think for Trump voters, the whole thing is tainted. And it doesn't matter what they come up with. And I'm beginning to wonder, and I don't know if this is a thing or not, if there's going to be DOJ fatigue setting in for a lot of independents or Republican voters who may or may not like Donald Trump at all. Because I think there's a lot of people that don't like Donald Trump personally, but they see what's happening to him from the Russian PP tape to the collusion to this whole sham January 6th primetime televised event. There's a lot of people going, you know what? I think the DOJ is crooked. I think the FBI is crooked. And if I hear... Donald Trump say, I'm going to go in there and fire everybody and blow everybody out, then that man's going to have my vote. Maybe that's the case. If they I can, don't know. If they can do it to a previous president of the United States, then what are they going to do to the you know Joe six-pack? Earlier today, live on C-SPAN, um, Marjorie Taylor Greene, flame-throwing representative in the House from Georgia, shared her thoughts on live television about the Donald Trump legal stuff. Yeah, yeah it's absolute bullshit. 
Yeah, that's my reaction. Um, this is the only way that the Democrats have to beat President Trump is to arrest him, smear him, charge him with ridiculous charges, all in a cover-up of Joe Biden's crimes, Hunter Biden's crimes. It's it's unbelievable. It's hard to even recognize that this is our country. Um, the American people are going to be furious. And and what Jack Smith is doing is, is the weaponized government. And he's weaponizing the Department of Justice against President Trump in a complete lie about President Trump and January 6th. So my question is, and again, we don't know the specifics of what they're trying to get Donald Trump for in regards to January 6th, but if it's firing up the crowd, which ultimately led to the doors being breached and windows being broken at the Capitol building, that sets a pretty dangerous precedent for the summer of love, doesn't it? Because there are a lot of folks around this country, including here in Indianapolis, that told police to stand down, let the rioters do what they want, and people ended up dead. Yeah, interesting angle. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, look at that Ray Epps character in the middle of it all on multiple days, caught inciting a crowd, inciting a riot, telling them to go up and, and go through. Right. And that guy's sitting, you know, scot-free. Now, I get the Capitol is a federal case, and in your own backyard here, it's going to be more of a local matter. But if the law states that you can go after somebody for inciting a crowd and letting rioters do as they wish, three people died in Indianapolis during those riots. And Representative Byron Donalds of Florida he put out a tweet, quote, if President Trump is going to be indicted for his speeches before January 6th, then why is Senator Bernie Sanders going to be fine? Why isn't he indicted for his speeches that led to the attempted murder of Steve Scalise and other Republicans oh, yeah. right. at the softball game? Um, an older video from Tucker Carlson is starting to make its way around. And when I say older, I think it's a couple weeks old. It wasn't like it's anything that he put out today, but I think the message still holds up. Whatever else you say about him, Trump is the one guy with an actual shot of becoming president who dissents from Washington's longstanding pointless war agenda. And for that, that one fact, they're trying to take Trump out before you can vote for him. And that should upset you more than anything that's happened in American politics in your lifetime. So, again, if this is about the incitement of the crowd, then I think Brett Kavanaugh would like to have a part of this conversation (laughs) because old crying Chuck Schumer, remember his statement standing outside on those steps, uh, basically threatening Brett Kavanaugh that people we're going to attack him in some way or go after him in some way. Maybe you talk to Maxine Waters. Again, a lot of legal stuff surrounding number 45 right now. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. I know that music, Hammer. Cameo Price is right. Would you like to explain to everybody how we play Cameo Price is right and what is on the line here? So, the celebrity website Cameo, it's where you pay a certain amount of money and a celebrity, and I'm using air quotes, will. Basically, give you a video of some kind. Birthday message, 
uh, just a random shout out. Corey Feldman, for a certain price, will tell you personally, hello, happy anniversary. Right. When our old producer, Kyle, left, we bought one of Tanya Harding. That's right. Wishing him that. Uh, a happy farewell. So, this website has a number of different celebrities on there. Do you remember how much Tanya was? I think it was $75. Oh, that's not bad. It's not okay. bad at all. Yeah. So, the way we play Cameo Price is Right is it's Nigel against Allison. And I'm going to give you the name of someone who is available for purchase on Cameo. Whoever gets closest to the price that they charge without going over gets a point. First one to three wins. And then the winner gets to choose. Do they want to take this awesome shot of hiatus tequila? Yeah. Or do you want to pass it to somebody else in the room? So that's what we're playing for today. Now, Nige, you are on a one-game win streak. I always lost to Kyle Wells. I always lost to, to Mondo. You are one and nine historically. You've kept count? So, Lord. your choice. Do you want to go first, or do you want Allison to go first? Allison. All right. Great. Allison, cameo price is right. David Faustino. He played the role of Bud Bundy on the old TV show Married with Children. How much does David Faustino charge? Have you ever even heard of David Faustino? Uh, no. Uh, I do know Married for Children, though. Was he a main character? He was Bud Bundy, the son. The son. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, 75. Uh, I'll go under. I'll go 50. Nigel, right on the nose at $50 yeah. right there. All right. One to nothing, big Nigel. Yes. You like that, Bennett? Can you feel that? I haven't even won yet. <laughs> Number two, Nigel, Mike Sorrentino, also known as The Situation from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh. How much does The Situation charge for a cameo I'm message? Going, okay, I'm going to go. That was a pretty big show. Um, and it's, you know, Married with Children has been gone a long time. I'm going to go 100 bucks. Allison? 100 bucks. 101. Oh. Don't even do it. $300. Allison gets this one. (laughs) Wow. See, I at least was right about the, you know, being more popular. Who's spending 300 bucks? Someone who gets a spray tan every day, I guess. (laughs) We go back to Allison. (sighs) One to one here. Gary Lavox, lead singer of Rascal Flats. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll go with uh, 50. Nige. Gary. Gary Lavox. He kind of looks like a fat JMV. I know. Uh, what did you say? How much? I said 50. Uh, I'll do 56. Nigel will get the point here. Two hundred and twenty-five dollars. Yeah, I'm saying, I, okay. I'm saying that's a big, that's a big one right there. So how are we doing here? It's two to one. Two to one. Nigel has the lead. This is for the win. If Nigel gets this, Allison needs to get this to push it to a deciding one. All right, Nigel. Jim Mora, former head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Playoffs. Jim Mora. Oh man, one hundred twenty-five dollars. Allison. A hundred. Both of you are over fifty dollars. Wow. Oh. <laughs> wow. I mean, really <laughs> the for, situation I would have loved to have Jim Mora. If you me. got a hundred bucks, you could get a David Faustino and a Jim Mora. <laughs> All right, All right Allison, what do we do now? We go back to Allison. Her chance to tie it up here. 
Richard Karn. Richard Karn, best known as the uh, sidekick in Home Improvement, and he was also a host of Family Feud at one point. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, He's got the beard. Yeah, I'll go with 100. Nige? 75. Allison, right on the nose at 100. Okay. It all Come comes on, down really? to this. Nige? <sighs> Randy Travis, <laughs> country music superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randy big, big Travis, name. actor also. How much does he charge for cameo? Two hundred dollars. One hundred fifty. Nigel, right on yeah! the nose. Two hundred dollars for Randy Travis, <laughs> and I'm taking the shot forever and ever. Amen, baby. Here we go. Pour that shot. Yeah. This one's for you, Randy. I'm taking both. I'm taking both the shots. I'm taking yours and hers. I'm taking mine and hers. Or do you want it? Do you want a shot? No, no, no. This is Are all you sure? your. This is your moment. This is my. This is awesome. I feel like. Uh, I, I feel like I've actually gotten somewhere in life. A two-game heater mm. for Big Nige. You're welcome. Drinking the hiatus <laughs> tequila, Randy Travis. Uh, didn't he once wish bone cancer upon? Uh, <laughs> Uh, somebody that was arresting him for uh, alcohol-related issues. I hope he get bone cancer while he was naked. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Forgot. While he was naked, <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer, right over there. Boy, it's been quite a while, Hammer. It's actually been a little too long. So you know what? Let's check in with America's battle against. COVID-19! COVID-19, oh, I swear that I mean at this moment. Three. There are three vaccines. I don't even know that's true anymore. China, piss off. Now you made the world I got the solo. Go for it. Hit me. Because of COVID-19. Well, the New York Times is kind of just in a roundabout way. Sort of casually dropped a truth bomb about COVID-19 and the way the government and the CDC were counting COVID deaths. The quote, this is a quote from a New York Times article. The official number of COVID deaths is probably an exaggeration because it includes some people who had the virus when they died even though it was not the underlying cause of death. So you mean to tell me the guy that died on that motorcycle in Orlando <laughs> that they ruled as a COVID death may have actually died because of the motorcycle crash? Huh. Other CDC data suggests, this is from the New York Times, by the way, it would have been, I mean, a year or two ago, it would have been a crime to say something like this, to even put it in print. Other CDC data suggests that almost one third of official recent COVID deaths have fallen into this category. Not COVID deaths over the past, you know, since 2020, recent COVID deaths. One third have fallen into this category. There's a study published in the journal of clinical infectious diseases came to similar conclusions. So basically, people that are not total idiots have been right all along. Hammer, we've been saying this since mid since the t- summer of 2020. Let's see how wait a minute. So you're telling me an 80-year-old is suffering from pneumonia. 
uh, that is in hospice care, that has that has dementia, and somehow catches the virus. If they die, that's counted as a COVID death when they are on their deathbed already. The three hundred and fifty pound fat guy that's fighting cancer, that had cancer before COVID, sure, that caught COVID while in the hospital. You're telling me that it might not have just been COVID. And here, here's huh. the thing, and I go back and look at all this, and I, I'm still sort of bitter about it because I feel like. Not only were we kind of talking about this the whole time, but we had people on like Alex Berenson that were saying this from the beginning. Who were ridiculed. And, and outcast as pariahs. Kicked off of I, Twitter. I, mean, I was told from the beginning, the government and Fauci and the CDC and uh, Dr. Box, the health commissioner here, uh, had all been steadfast in counting COVID deaths accurately. And of course, something we've been talking about for years is that deaths have been overcounted from Corona from the beginning. A few main reasons let me just interject here a few main reasons for the aggressive overcounting it's all about the dollars it's all about the benjamins as martha stewart once said martha stewart once said yes quoting some uh, early 90s <laughs> hip-hop i believe financial governments paid uh, would pay more more to hospitals that had covid patients uh, they paid the funeral expenses of of people that died of covid but the real reason and honestly it's pretty simple and it boils down to this the real reason they were overcounting covid deaths like the guy as you mentioned that wrecked his motorcycle and was killed just happened to have the bug fear that's it to instill panic in the population so that they will comply they wanted a panicked and compliant country and that's exactly what they got for most of us anyway and the mascot for all of this was dr fauci dr fauci was the clapping seal with the ball on his nose that the left picked up and what cracks me up is you get a lot of these leftists like if you're a trump supporter they're gonna say you're in a cult but these are the same people that went to bed every night praising the church of Dr. Fauci. Wearing a mask, alone in their car. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's I believe that's quite, it's referred to as a cult. Speaking of Dr. Fauci, he was the subject of an investigation last night. Jesse Waters, the new 8 p.m. host of Fox. Oh, that was his first gig. As the 8 p.m. host last night, wasn't it? Right. It's still the same dude, basically the same same show, show, just an hour later in the highly coveted 8 p.m. slot. They had an investigation into Dr. Fauci, and it turns out that old flip-flopping Fauci is still collecting taxpayer-funded security. Here's Jesse Waters. A few months ago, a source told Primetime Fauci had around-the-clock taxpayer-funded security, even though he says he's retired. This doesn't make any sense. The only people who get a security detail after retirement are presidents, vice presidents, and their families. So we sent a Freedom of Information Act request to the U.S. Marshals, demanding all documents surrounding Fauci's security detail. And primetime source was right. Taxpayers are still paying for Fauci's security. Fauci's got millions in the bank, and he doesn't work for us anymore, so why are we paying for it? Exactly. The Attorney General, Merrick Garland, personally asked for Fauci to get the security detail. The guy's got world-class U.S. Marshals, and we also found out the security detail includes a limousine for the doctor. So think about all the money that's going to round-the-clock U.S. Marshals, limousine taking him to the airport, to the grocery store, to wherever he needs to go make a speech at. 
and we're paying for it. And he doesn't work. He's not on the payroll anymore for the United States. And he was pretty much wrong about everything that he said about COVID. Everything about the vaccine, he was wrong. Everything about masks, wrong. Everything about where the virus came from, probably lied to us, knew exactly where it came from, but was wrong on paper in saying it was racist for people to suggest that it came from a lab in China. It was most likely the wet market that was just right down the road from the Wuhan lab, by the way. It was the bad. Remember when Pelosi, the yeah, remember when Pelosi went down to Chinatown as, as, as COVID <laughs> started to become a thing? Look, I'm in Chinatown. There's nothing wrong here. There's an old bat next to a dead one. <laughs> I remember oh. that. You know what brings joy to my sometimes cold, dark heart, Nige? Sometimes. The fact that Rand Paul hates Dr. Fauci. And again, I've said this before. Hate is a strong word. I only use it when it's appropriate. Like, I hate Joe Hogsett. But Rand Paul hates Dr. Fauci and the news of Fauci still getting taxpayer-funded protection well, it rubbed him the wrong way. So we asked HHS early in the summer, we said, is he still working? And does he have this limo? And does he have a driver? And does he have a security detail? Well, HHS actually came back to us and said they haven't been paying for it since January. But then we discovered that Fox uh, did a Freedom of Information Act and a judge forced them to say that, well, while HHS wasn't directly funding it, the U.S. Marshals were funding it. So can you imagine, we asked the government, are you funding his limo? and his driver and his security detail, and they say, oh, we're not doing it, Oh, but somebody else is doing it, and then we're reimbursing them. So it's a terrible uh, example of the government lying to its representatives and to the people, but also, why is a retired guy? The only retired official I know of that gets this kind of treatment is a former president. So I have no idea why this bureaucrat still has a limo driver, security detail, and we, we want to know, does he still get legal representation? Because I think he may need that eventually, but he's a rich man. His wealth increased by 30% during the pandemic. I think you ought to pay for his own security detail and his own legal defense if he needs one. Don't let that last line just go by without you noticing. His wealth, Dr. Fauci's personal wealth, increased 30% during the pandemic. The guy that basically had the ear of all the decision makers that said, tell them to lock down was making money while you weren't allowed to. The droplets. Too many droplets. I mean, and, and meanwhile, uh, Merrick Garland won't even tell police to get the protesters off the private lawns and residents and neighborhoods of Supreme Court justices after the Dobbs decision leaked, which was illegal. They were trying to intimidate those people. Merrick and, Garland and, like, is he, the worst. He is awful. He is just unbelievable. And then he's the one that's authorizing all this for Fauci. Yes. If there's one thing, maybe it's the only thing that you can praise cocaine Mitch McConnell for, it's fighting tooth and nail to make sure that Merrick Garland did not end up on the Supreme Court. Because he was the Obama appointee when Obama was lame duck. And somehow, some way, Cocaine Mitch dug deep down and fought that thing and hat tip 
It might be the only one I give, the Coke Meister, but hat tip, because imagine that lunatic on the Supreme Court. Uh, we are checking in with COVID-19 yesterday. On the campaign trail, uh, Ron DeSantis went to a couple different places. And take a listen to this. Now, he's at a smaller crowd. It's almost like a cafeteria-style crowd. And he doesn't even have a microphone. But he's talking to this crowd about the adverse effects of the rushed COVID vaccine, specifically the mRNA technology. My Surgeon General did an analysis in Florida, and he looked at um, how this affects things like myocarditis. And we saw a 88% increase in myocarditis for men between 18 and 40 who were taking the booster shots. Now, maybe there's another explanation for it, but man, that's a pretty powerful piece of data. So he goes on and on about how his state of Florida did things right. They looked at the numbers. And where's this Ron DeSantis at nationally, though? Because if he's in a small room, it sounds like he's pretty confident. He you know, is controlling the, the conversation. But for whatever reason, it's not taking off nationally, at least according to poll numbers. Well, don't worry about it because his wife is on the uh, she's on the prowl. She's, She's been doing campaign incredible trail. work. Yes. She might be rescuing his campaign. Uh, so another stop that DeSantis made yesterday, and I think this was in Tennessee, um, this kind of subs up where we are all at right now with this GOP primary, Trump against DeSantis. This was a very pro-Donald Trump woman at this event with Ron DeSantis. Hmm. I was invited to come today to listen to you uh, by this gentleman, Representative Moss. Um, I'm a very hardcore Trump supporter, but I know... He made me stop and think a minute because my love for President Trump comes from all the despair, all the things that he's been through, has served as our president of the United States, and he did a good job. But all the things I'm thinking more with my heart and my sorrow and my love for him and for this country. But now I have this is the most important vote that we're going to have. And I have to think more with my mind and what's best for this country. And you did an excellent job. And I certainly. God bless you. Thank you. Interesting. So here's a woman who basically feels like she owes it to Donald Trump because that's what her heart is telling her. But when you sit back and you take a deep breath and you think about who would be better at legislating, who would probably have the better chance at beating Joe Biden, you have to have that come to Jesus conversation with yourself. Here's how Ron DeSantis responded to that woman. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, I agree with you. I appreciate what President Trump did. Uh, how they treated him with things like Russia collusion was a disgrace. And, um, and he was treated wrong. Uh, he was treated in ways that were unconstitutional. Uh, but here's the thing. The question for us now is what are we going to do about it? And we need to end the weaponization of government. I will get that done. It's not about me. It's about you. It's about me standing up for you and standing up for this Constitution and restoring this country to what the Founding Fathers envisioned, and, and we, will, we will get it done. We will be focused. We will be disciplined. We will get it done. 
So that was Ron DeSantis okay. responding to this very passionate Donald Trump supporter who's kind of having a little bit of an identity crisis at this point. Let us know what you think. At Hammer and Nigel, your heart against your mind. Trump against DeSantis. Who you got? At Hammer and Nigel. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Got a list of the uh, cities with the best and worst drivers in America, Hammer. Um, what are the... You know, what are the boundaries here? What are the like? What does it mean to be a bad driver? So, Consumer Affairs was the outlet that put this together, and what they looked at was some of the data from the U.S. Department of Transportation, including number of fatal crashes, uh, fatalities caused by bad driving, uh, fatalities due to driving under the influence, speeding tickets, things like that. They calculated a big crash score. And that's how they came up with the list of the worst drivers in America. So Indianapolis did not make the list. So I guess that's good. We're not good nor bad. We didn't make the list. But the worst drivers in America, Memphis, Tennessee. Now, I have never been to Memphis. I go to Tennessee quite a bit, but it's usually Nashville or over to like Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg. I've never been to Memphis. Uh, The list rounds out with Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Albuquerque, New Mexico, Macon, Georgia, and St. Louis, Missouri. So let me position this to you, Nige. As a motorist, somebody who drives a lot, you drive down to work every day, every day. take the kids to various places. As a driver, what is your biggest pet peeve? There was an idiot in front of me today swerving all over the place, and I was dropping the kids off uh, today, and the I finally got around him. And they were on the phone. They were looking at their phone. They weren't talking on their phone. They were looking at it. They had a steering wheel in one hand, a phone in the other. Did you give them a thumbs down? (laughs) No thumbs down. I still say the finger is worse than thumbs down, by the (laughs) way, the middle finger. But yeah, I I mean, like the worst that I do now, I I mean, I'm a very safe driver, especially when I got the kids in the car, the, the phone goes in the glove box and the most the beer goes in the cup holder (laughs) (laughs) i pour the beer in a red solo cup so it'll look less suspicious when i pull (laughs) you know i gotta have a roadie um no but but seriously um i'm i'm kind of a like a really i'm the right in the right lane driver i don't use the horn because you never know who's gonna pull out a gun once you honk at them in this day and age uh, but the but the yeah somebody talking on their phone not paying attention to what the hell they're doing. For me, it's that one moron that's in the lane that's going to end, and clearly he knows it, but he waits until the very oh last second to get yeah. over, and you're stuck behind him, and you got to go slow because you know this idiot has to get over. Allison, what about you? Uh, along those lines, when there's like a lane closure at the very end, and you only have uh, one lane to merge into, and that one person goes to the very end, yes, yeah, they don't wait their turn, in. right? They try yeah. to cut everybody, or they just use a shoulder to get ahead too. That drives me nuts. Thumbs down, baby. Big thumbs down. Thumbs down. <laughs> Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock. Hello. 
My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. He is the Attorney General for the great state of Indiana. Todd Rokita joins us. Mr. Attorney General, I'm reading the headline, and it says that your office is suing an apartment complex on the north side. You're going to have to walk me through this. Oh, yeah. Hey, guys. How are you? Um, it, it's a disgusting situation, really, and, and, and not the first one we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, another out-of-state owner of a what has become a run-down apartment complex uh, is – I don't know what these guys think, that they could just come and, and pee on the people of Indiana or what, but it's just disgusting how they leave these tenants who have paid good rent – uh, but the story after story of how um, extra money was charged or repairs not made, and it's just like they just want to take the money out of Indiana and not put any uh, effort into the upkeep of the property or the care of their tenants. And and, and so we have sued them under Indiana Deceptive Indiana's Deceptive Consumer Sales Practices Act and. Uh, Indiana's uh, homeowner home uh, loan practices act. So. We've already got a bit of a response from them, and, and, and more important than that, some of the tenants have, have written and called us just within the last 24 hours and said, you know, oh, my gosh, there's people actually on the property uh, fixing stuff up. Stuff up. So Good. What kind I of conditions What kind of conditions are we talking about in this specific apartment? Well, complex? there's, you know, everything from, hey, you know, rodent infestation oh. and, you know, mouth Jeez. holes that won't get fixed and, and ceiling fans that are, collect, uh, you know, that don't get fixed and basements that have mold, and that's going to be the longer thing to fix uh, for sure, to, you know, the story of um, – an 84-year-old guy who had a pet cat died last November. He uh, signed signed a new, tried to enter into a new lease in January. Uh, they wouldn't respond to the fact that his cat had died. He kept trying to notify him, notify him, notify him. Uh, they wouldn't do a new lease with him. They made him go month to month, which doubled his rent, and they kept the $25 pet fee on. <sighs> So it's just like they ignore people and charge what they want, and it's just very, aside from the health and safety issues, it's just very disrespectful for out-of-state companies, or in-state companies for that matter, but for out-of-state companies to be treating Hoosiers this way, who, again, have paid good rent. And this is the Willowbrook Apartments on the north side, and I'm reading a little bit about this company. It's a New Jersey-based company uh, that runs this. Have you had a chance to speak uh, personally to the folks in charge of this from New Jersey? Uh, Their general counsel called us uh, yesterday, maybe, maybe the day before. Uh, And, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll... he tried to say, well, we didn't know anything about this. Well, your agents knew about this, and, and they're under the law, therefore you know. So they really have no excuse that they – certainly not one that they proffered, so certainly nothing valid. And we're going to keep pursuing them. And I'm, I'm, I am pleased that we're starting to hear reports already that they're cleaning up the mess. That's good. That doesn't excuse anybody from anything. Uh, so- I will be clear about that. Do you think this is going to start a trend? Because I think if you ask anybody that lives in Indianapolis, they probably know a place that has run-down apartments or a dilapidated hotel somewhere that has a lot of conditions similar to this. Do you think this is going to start a trend? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think um, we already have two. Now, they've been two out of state. We have this Willowbrook, and then last year, about this time, we had Lake Point. You guys remember that? Uh, Lake Point was successfully resolved. We expect Willowbrook, one way or the other, to be successfully resolved. But it's not limited to out-of-state companies, of course, right? If you're a bad in-state landlord, um, you're in jeopardy as well. Um, you know, no one should have to, the neighbors and certainly not the people living there, should have to deal with you not keeping your property up. Uh, and that's the bottom line. And if your tenant's not paying, there's ways to get rid of that tenant, uh, legal ways. Uh, and I'm not saying people deserve to live rent-free anywhere either. Uh, but certainly when you're paying good rent, uh, you deserve to have a property. Neighbors deserve to have a property upkept. And, yeah, we shouldn't we shouldn't stand for this. Um, I am limited uh, by Indiana law in what can be done. So the fact patterns were such that I was able to figure, you know, able to make this work in terms of Indiana's like I said, Home Loan Practices Act and the Deceptive Consumer Sales Practices Act. I think we need uh, also, though, for, for all situations, a better on-point law that allows, whether it's me or somebody, uh, to directly uh, keep these people accountable if they're not going to police themselves. And how do you keep them accountable? Do you have people in your office that will physically go to the Willowbrook Apartments and, and check on things? And, and is that the way... It happened in the first, like the, the initial process. Do you have investigators that go out there and physically yeah. take pictures yeah, and make we, a case? Yeah, and the investigation is pretty self-evident. So we do have some investigators that will, will, will get the evidence. So we have a homeowner protection unit to protect the rights of all the individuals involved in the housing market, whether they're tenants, homeowners, or aspiring homeowners. Uh, and, and, and But the law is limited to redress, uh, addressing deceptive acts. You know, so, you know, deceptive doesn't necessarily mean negligent uh, or sloppy. And so there's a little, that's what I'm saying, there's a little bit of gap in the law here where some of these rundown properties can fall through. Uh, and, and really, the General Assembly needs to look at that. And, and I know um, I worked in a bipartisan way with some of the Marion County legislators when Lake Point was going on to try to address some of this. So uh, that work continues. But needless to say, you know, we got another, we got, we found another wrongdoer here. We're going to, you know, me, we're going to keep their, we're going to keep my, my boot on their neck until they, until they do right by the state of Indiana and, and these, um, and these tenants. So. We're speaking with the Attorney General Todd Rakita here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, since we've got you here, is there any sort of update on the appeal from the Seventh Circuit Court, the injunction against the ban on tra- on a gender surgery for minors? That was kind of a win, I guess, for the ACLU. At least they celebrated like it. Eh, yeah, maybe a partial win. I mean, we still have the outlaw of the trans surgeries and you know hospitals claim that you know they're not doing them uh, but they haven't fully responded to that either so there's that still an issue out there you know we uh you know i from time to time as i go around the state you know i get reports about this hospital doing this or this hospital doing that and yeah it's 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 hard to pin down uh and it's admittedly hearsay but there's talk in the state about these hospitals doing it. And even if they're not, they're sending referrals out of state to have these irreversible harmful surgeries done. So um, a lot of the law wasn't joined, my point being, but not all of the law wasn't joined. So maybe a partial victory, initial victory. Point is, we're appealing. We're appealing because we understand that the American jurisprudence of 
states having the right to set their health and safety policy. That's not something a judge should or want to do. Uh, that's nothing set forth in our federal constitution. It is something squarely within the state's right to do by virtue of their elected representatives. And here our elected representatives said, you know what? Uh, hormone therapy to, to kids under 18, trans surgeries to kids under 18, and aiding and abetting uh, those services, which would include this out-of-state scenario, referral scenario, uh, it should be illegal in Indiana. And they pass a law, rightly so. And we think that law uh, uh, definitely stands up against any constitutional scrutiny. So we're going to be taking this all the way. We just had a good um, situation happen in another circuit. The Indiana's in the seventh judicial circuit, and I believe the sixth judicial circuit, a very similar law uh, was initially upheld by a judge. So we may be in a situation where, and, and hopefully it gets resolved before that, where this ends up in the U.S. Supreme Court. Hey, one more thing before we let you go. We're speaking with Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita, and I know you keep in contact with other attorneys general uh, across the country, and I'm just wondering what you think of your counterpart in Minnesota, Keith Ellison. He just had some incredibly horrible racist things to say, comparing Justice Clarence Thomas to that house slave character in Django Unchained. It was completely despicable. This was all to do with, you know, Thomas's views on affirmative action. I just wonder, as a a top law enforcement official saying something like that, what runs through your mind when you see that? Well, it's the Keith Ellison I knew in Congress. Uh, he was a congressman before he was attorney general, uh, not unlike I was. So, you know, he, they, they're very um, hyper-political. Uh, we can trace some of our recent dealings back to, a, to the target letter that he start, that he wrote first. Uh, and I talked to you a little about yep. on the last time I was on about the, my counterbalance. But I'm calling you right now from southern Indiana because this morning I hosted a fundraiser for a guy named Dan Cameron. He is the Kentucky Attorney General. Oh, yeah. And he and he's running for governor. I support him. We are kindred spirits. He did a great job. He did a great job with the Brianna Taylor incident from when the uh, the riots were happening in 2020. It took a lot of political courage. That's the antidote to a Keith Ellison. There's a guy like Dan Cameron. And uh, and then we went to the Clark County Fair. It's a little hot. Not all people at the Clark County Fair right now, but uh, uh, they're coming later tonight. But it's been a great day in southern Indiana. Keith Ellison is Keith Ellison. The real answer to Keith Ellison is Dan Cameron. The Attorney General for the state of Indiana is Todd Rakita. Mr. Attorney General, as always, thank you for your time. See you guys next time. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Emma and Nigel presents... Is... It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this... Anything. All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Hammer, how do we play blah, 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 blah? Just go ahead and get started. Is this <laughs> anything? <laughs> we totally mailed it in yeah. today. Is this anything? An Ohio man being accused of slamming his ATV head-on into police vehicles oh, smart. while under the influence. Here is some of the audio from an officer's body cam after the driver hit his cruiser. Hey, get on the ground! Get on the ground! 
What happened? They run right into you? Ran right into us. You okay? Are you okay? Oh, a uh, blacked out ATV slammed in the side of the cruiser. Man, that is stupid. Yeah, that's what it is. This is something. You're going to go head first. <laughs> I, who's winning that challenge? Who's winning that duel? <laughs> the guy on the three-wheeler or uh, the police cruiser? Do they make three-wheelers anymore? Yeah. No, nah, I don't think they make the three-wheelers anymore. I think they, they people were like uh, tipping them over too easy. I think really? it's only four-wheelers now. Man, I wanted one of those so bad when I was a kid. Didn't you? Didn't you have a desire to... Does a big wheel count as a three-wheeler? Because I had that as a little Well, I had a big wheel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a big wheel, but there's no motor on that. You just use your your pedals and your feet. But, uh, like, lots of people have been injured themselves severely. Uh, The guy, the saxophone player for Dave Matthews' band lost his life. Um, uh, Moore, Leroy Moore, in an ATV accident. I think Ozzy Osbourne severely injured himself, was on death's door after wrecking a three-wheeler or a four-wheeler. Maybe somebody can answer that for me. Do they make three-wheelers anymore at Hammer and Nigel? I I know I still see them, but I don't know how old they are. Like, I didn't know if they still make them or not, but I know for a fact that you get to parts of the sticks, somebody's got one sitting in their garage, and they bring it out from time to time. Yeah, by the way, both people, just so you know, not that you're really concerned, but everybody was fine on the ATV. Is this anything? Dolly Parton says she has no plans to ever retire. If it was up to her, she would leave this world while performing on stage. Now, I'm not one to sit around doing nothing. I would never retire. I'll just hopefully drop dead in the middle of a song on stage someday. And hopefully when I've written, of course, we don't have much of a choice in that. But as long as I'm able to work, as long as my health is good and my husband is good, I mean, I would. the only way that I would ever slow down or stop would be for that reason. But in the meantime, I'm going to make hay while the sun shines. I feel like Dolly, yeah, with this gig. I'll do it until I can't breathe anymore. I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's its a great gig. Right. You know what I mean? This this job that you and I have. It's we, not easy. It's a lot of work. I, I think we're running on six years. I think this month is like last month. There's this month. It's six years doing this iteration, this, this version of this show, the Afternoon Drive show, Hammer and Nigel. So happy anniversary to those of you that uh, uh, have been with us all those years. But I am. Um, I, I like Dolly, but I also remember Dolly shaming people during 20. 20- we had the segment earlier about uh, COVID-19 and how even the New York Times now is saying they uh, officials overcounted COVID deaths by about 30 percent. She was one of those. If, if, if She was one of those that was telling us it was our duty and we were shamed uh, if we didn't get the vaccine for COVID. So I'm very happy that I'm going to get my Moderna shot today. I even changed one of my songs to fit the occasion. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, vaccine. You can stop this now, please. I mean, one of her most classic, iconic songs ever, Jolene. But does Dolly's damn old though? Like, are you open to someone who's really no. old saying, "Yeah, maybe no, but you she, should take she it." She went on to basically shame people for not getting it. 
uh, I didn't want to hear the clip any more than you did. But uh, I mean, which which was worse? I don't have the clip, but is that version worse than uh, Gloria Estefan? Put on your mask. Oh my God! <laughs> I don't think anything's as bad as that. <laughs> Gloria Estefan's the number one seed in that. But what's worse, Dolly Parton wagging her finger at you for the COVID vaccine, yeah. or her rock album coming out? Oh no, I forgot about the rock album. <laughs> Fine, I'll admit it. I kind of like it. I don't mind it, yeah. I'm kind of good. good. The Rock album is coming out, and that's a cover, but she's got originals on that, too. I believe it's coming out in November. Uh, Here, real quick. Uh... From Jason, I go to Dryer Motorsports on West Washington regularly. I haven't seen new three-wheelers on the sales floor for at least 10 years. And also, real quick, here's Dolly Parton's thoughts on Matt Bear. <laughs> well, I say we hire a couple of Wranglers to go upstairs and beat the shit out of him. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Let's dig down a little deeper, Hammer, on the story here. Since Silcox was reporting on there at the bottom of the hour uh, about the worthless pieces of garbage that killed Indiana State Trooper Aaron Smith. Their attorneys want to have the suspects. Um, well, they, basically, they filed for a motion for a change of venue out of Hendricks County. Or, at the very least, a jury that's selected from another county. Now, this was... It, it's ridiculous that we have to specify which incident of law enforcement losing their life we're talking about, because it's been a horrific couple of weeks. It's been three. This was the Indiana State Trooper who was over by Ronald Reagan Parkway near Plainfield, and it was a report on a stolen vehicle, and these losers hop in their ride... They lead police on a chase, and then these people crashed into Trooper Smith, who was laying out the stop sticks, stop right? sticks yeah, trying to flatten yeah, yeah. the tires, hit him and killed him. Now, the excuse that's coming from the main suspect here, the 18-year-old who was driving the car, listen to this. He told police, and this is in the police report, that his glasses had slipped off of his face during a U-turn, affecting his far-sight vision. And because of that, a passenger who was directing him where to go um, told him, hey, you you need to slow down. But he did it too late and hit a trooper and killed him. That's the excuse they're going with. Maybe... (laughs) Maybe the passenger that was directing him should have told him to slow down, I don't know, as soon as he saw lights in his rearview mirror, and then we wouldn't be talking about this right now. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and that's the defense they're going with. Uh, yeah, my, my glasses fell off, and so, yeah, I was, no, 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 I was still speeding, I was still, uh, you know, I didn't uh, pull over or anything, but my, you know, I was being guided, and uh, they told me to stop a little too late, and I couldn't swerve, and that's why I hit Trooper Smith. Yeah. Shut up, get out of here, go to jail for the rest of your life, bye-bye. 
Did anybody lose power last night? Kind of a surprising round of storms that came through uh, late in the afternoon toward the end of our program. I loved it, man. My lawn needed it. We got hit. We got slammed hard, but it wasn't anything close to what the previous couple of storms have been. No, I'm not that I don't know anybody that lost power. Our executive producer, Matt Hiblin. Now, mind you, he was somebody that didn't have power for like three or four days. Four. The last time, which is ridiculous. He texted me last night, power's out again. It was only 30 minutes, but I got to thinking about this. Like, is this normal? Has this always been the case, or are we paying more attention now because of the duratio that happened like a month ago? Like, it feels like the power is going out an awful lot. And I'm hearing a lot of conversations about you need to start moving the power lines underground and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an expert on power lines. But, man, it just feels like this has been happening more and more. Allison, did you lose any power? Well, you were here at the radio station pretty late, right? Yeah, I was here till 10. So uh, when I got home, everything was fine. But I could see hail coming out the uh, by the circle. Uh, generator recommendations. I, I think I'm, I'm thinking about doing the the because I, I know Tony Katz does Generac, I, I believe. I, I don't know if I can afford something like that. I don't know what that is. I think that's like the whole where they hook into your breaker box. Um, what about any any sort of recommendations that would involve a generator at Hammer and Nigel? Because I looked at the websites last night of AES and Duke Energy, and I think I put it out on Twitter, maybe Facebook. At one point, AES had like 5,000 people without power in Central Indy. Uh, Duke Energy had a pretty good number as well. So that was a... Uh, surprisingly strong line of storms that came through, but it just feels like people are losing power all the time now. Do you have a generator? No. You don't have one? I don't think so. No. No. If we had anything, it would probably be like, cause you in were the out, garage you, in my son's house, which we haven't gone through all the stuff back there yet. But you were out for a couple days, weren't you? A little bit over 24 hours. Okay. So one. Was probably it, 25 was, hours. Did all the food stay good yeah our uh, fridge is like a boss now we keep things pretty cold even in the fridge right uh almost to frozen but not quite so we kept the door shut the entire time right. freezer shut the entire time and yeah man my fridge took it like a champ <laughs> uh, <laughs> give me some give me some generator recommendations i have no idea what i'm doing in that area and if if a whole house generator would be an option what would that look like i you know at Hammer and Nigel, please. Meanwhile, with trust in the Department of Justice and the FBI kind of at a low point right now in this country, check this out. Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer, representative of Kentucky, reveals that an FBI agent has confirmed the allegations made by two IRS whistleblowers that the Secret Service and the Biden transition team were tipped off that Hunter Biden was about to be charged with tax crimes, made sure Hunter was never interviewed. Now, this is a big story here. Most days, most years, this is like groundbreaking stuff here. But again, here's another day where 
Maybe it's coincidence. Maybe it's not. Donald Trump has legal issues dominating the headlines. We've got this story from the Oversight Committee chairman that basically says the feds tipped off the Biden transition team and let Hunter off the hook. What this FBI agent confirmed was what the IRS whistleblower said. They were ready to go and interview Hunter Biden for multiple tax crimes. And at that point, someone tipped off the Secret Service and, get this, the Biden transition team, because this was at the point of, in time when Joe Biden was, was fixing to assume the presidency, they tipped off the Biden transition team and the Secret Service, and to make a long story short, they never got to interview Hunter Biden. Our government tried to make it go away. So while Donald Trump's facing oh, wow. felony after felony, indictment after indictment, charge after charge, look at all of this stuff that took place with the Biden crime family, and everybody just kind of wipes their hands yeah, And these it. whistleblowers are testifying under oath. Nothing's ever going to happen. There's nobody going to be held accountable. I listened to a lot of that Chris Ray testimony under the House Oversight Committee last week while I was gone. And while it was fascinating, and while they were laying him out in the FBI, I mean, just even with the scenario where one of the FBI agents put out a memo that they were going to investigate uh, uh, the Catholic Church and maybe infiltrate the Catholic Church. And Chris Ray was like, well, I, I was appalled and I put a stop to that immediately. And, but, but yet the guy that put that note out there is still employed by the FBI. Like they, they brought up all these different things and all Chris Ray, the FBI director, would say was, yeah, yeah look, we've I've looked into it and we're, we're trying to do better. Meanwhile, they're going after one of the whistleblowers. The Biden administration's yeah. Department of Justice is going after one of the whistleblowers. Here's a little bit more from Comer. Again, it's another example of a two-tier system of justice, and it shows that there were people in the federal government that realized it's illegal to create a bunch of shell companies. It's illegal to launder money. It's illegal to accept bribes from foreign nationals, and it's illegal not to pay taxes on, on money you make. It's illegal to not be a, a registered foreign <laughs> agent if you're working as a foreign agent. All of these things are serious crimes that would uh, lend any other American decades in prison, but yet they were told to stand down in their investigation because it was Joe Biden. That's quite a laundry list there of things against the Biden crime family, and everybody's going to skate. Uh, On Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel, Gerald tweets at us, you must have natural gas or a propane tank for a Generac generator. We got gas. <laughs> I know that for a fact. Uh, Jason tweets at us, at Hammer and Nigel, my brother in the Detroit area has had a Generac whole house generator since 2010 See, whole, and loves it. Yeah. It turns on within seconds of the power going Those out. whole house generators, I'd love one. And yeah, we have gas at our house. But I'm just saying, like, the cost versus, I mean, I'm looking at costs right now. There's They got them anywhere from $2,000 to $17,000. Um, and 
That's a big you difference. Could go, you could go to Lowe's and buy one that runs on gas for like 12 hours, and more than likely your power is not going to be shut off for that long. Now, I said that knowing full well that there were tens of thousands of people that power was shut off for days. Some, I'm just some saying, of them four, like <laughs> every day. But I'm just saying those some of these you know those generators that run on gas. You plug several different outlets and appliances. Your 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 meat freezer in your garage, the freezer in your house. Uh, and then you know you don't have to worry about you, you, all your food being ruined. That's what I want. And a correction, Kenneth on Twitter at Hammer and Nigel is right. I said three members of law enforcement have lost their life. It's technically four. There was a canine that died uh, yeah. chasing a suspect and was shot, and that absolutely counts. So thank you, Kenneth. Four members of law enforcement. It's been a rough stretch here in Indiana. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Time, punishment, judges, legal stuff. This one's crazy. The scam in Nebraska through Craigslist led to a woman unknowingly robbing a bank unknowingly walked into a bank but didn't know she was robbing it it starts with a job posting to take care of someone's sick family member on craigslist right and so the employers asked the woman to go to a bank and hand over the phone to the teller so instructions to be given to the bank teller okay, okay. with me so far i'm with you then the person on the phone threatens the teller and tells them to give the unsuspecting woman money, which they would then deposit into some sort of ATM. And that's the scam. <laughs> Listen to this. Reaction, we were somewhat surprised. After the first one, we were definitely on the lookout for. And so anytime that uh, they start asking for money to be sent online, that's uh, the biggest red flag that jumps up. <laughs> yeah, but you can't fall for that. It's happened twice, I believe. Well, I mean, I believe that because people was... are idiots, but you can't fall for that. Like, if I gave you the phone and you were going into the bank and I said, here, uh, put the phone up to the teller, <laughs> would you play along? <laughs> Because if you're going to, then, hey, I'm going to shoot my shot. Look, that clip you heard was, you know, a police officer talking about the scam that happened in Nebraska. This woman thought she was taking care of a sick loved one. She walked into the bank, handed the phone to the teller for instructions. Give me all your money. Put it in the bank. (laughs) She thinks she's there helping out a sick loved one. She's getting paid by this employer. The employer is actually a scammer saying, this woman just gave you the phone is going to rob you give her the money and deposit it immediately that's pretty that's pretty crazy yeah you're right how do you fall for something like that but all these scammers all these phone robots all these people that do all the it works the nigerian prince email still works on some people absolutely that's why they do it there's nothing better though that (laughs) when they call us you know, and we're oh, trying yeah. to uh, record something. Maybe we're in a production studio. And now on most smartphones, it pops up scam alert or yeah. scam phone number or something like that. We usually record them and then uh, make it part of the show. And <laughs> We've done that before. Pretty fun. Uh, Dateline, Colorado. 
Colorado family claims that a pizza delivery driver stole their cat who had escaped out of their house and that they have video footage of the cat theft taking place. The delivery driver claims that it wasn't him. Here is Jennifer talking about what happened to her family cat, Pinto. She petted him and then a few minutes go by and he's in the car with her and they're driving off. They were delivering pizza to my neighbor across the street. It happens. People lose their pets, but it's nice if someone, you know, returned them or knocked to ask if it belonged to you. And the driver tells me, you're accusing me of this and I didn't do it. And I was like, well, I have video that you did. And she just basically says it wasn't me. Oh, the shaggy excuse. <laughs> Shaggy's it wasn't me defense. Literal video of you picking up the cat and putting it in your car. That wasn't me. Of course, maybe the guy thought that the cat was a stray and picked it up and, you know, took it to the, the pound or whatever, whatever you call it, you know? Perhaps. But if, it's, if, it, if it escaped the house... I'm not picking up a cat and putting it in my car. Just deliver the pizza. (laughs) My God, leave the cat alone. Don't steal anything. Don't poop on somebody's porch. Just deliver (laughs) the pizza. All right, coming up next, we will reset the latest on Donald Trump. Feels like another indictment is coming. And I was tipped off to an email from the city chief diversity and equity officer of Indianapolis that went out to all the city employees, employees of the city. It's the biggest, just most ridiculous piece of woke trash, blaming white people for problems. I will read that email. I will share that information next on the Hammer and Nigel show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock! I'm starting to lose track of all the Trump indictments. Uh, well, there was the one on the state level there. Bragg, right? Alvin Bragg. Hey, about the- hey, hey! <laughs> Fat Alvin. <laughs> District Attorney in Manhattan. Uh, the with the hush money and the, the campaign finance violations, there's that one. But the yes. big dog here is the one where the with the documents, the federal indictments with um, the uh, deranged special counsel Jack Smith. You're talking um, about the ones that were left in the garage next to the Corvette with the door open. No, no, no. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about the ones that were left in Mar-a-Lago, the oh. most, one of the most secure places in okay. the United States besides the White House. That's right, because nothing happened to the other guy it's, that had him next to the bitch in Corvette. Basically, a, more or less a process crime, if you will. That indictment, and now it seems that uh, Donald Trump has been notified that he is, in fact, the focus of another probe, this time January 6th, which could lead to yet another indictment. Donald Trump, your thoughts? And people see it's bullshit. <laughs> Thank you, I Mr. Know, I didn't former see that one. President. I didn't see that one coming. 
So we don't necessarily have all the information about how it's tied into January 6th. Is it inciting the crowd and then that crowd would ultimately storm into the Capitol? Are they going to try to say that that was overturning an election? Or are they going to try to say that he was screwing with the transfer of power after the election? Um, stop the steal thing, right? Correct. Yeah, I don't know what angle they're going for, but Donald Trump let everybody know that he was sent a letter over the weekend that said, yeah, we're looking into you about January 6th. The latter makes more sense, because if you're going to say that he incited a crowd that calls this, their words, insurrection, trying to overthrow an election and our democracy. Well, Donald Trump can simply point to the speech that he made where he said peacefully, the tweets he put out where he told people to go home. And Donald Trump claims there's another tweet that has since made its way back online somewhere where he told everybody to go home and he claims Twitter took that down. It was a landslide election and everyone knows it especially the other side. But you have to go home now. We have to have peace. We have to have law and order. We have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election. But we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. So three tweets and a speech you would think would be enough for him to say, what more do you need me to do? Donald Trump is his Twitter account has been reinstated. I'm looking at it right now. He has not used it since he because he's on true social now. He has a stake in that. But one you scroll down just a couple of tweets. I'm asking for everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful. No violence. Here's another one. Please support our Capitol Police and law enforcement. They are on our side. Stay peaceful. One of the last few tweets he put out there before his account was suspended by those liberal lunatics that were running that uh, social media site. The House Oversight Committee chairman is James Comer. Here he is about the latest legal stuff surrounding Donald Trump. They can't understand why Donald Trump's so popular with the people. They don't realize that uh, a lot of Trump's popularity, in my opinion, is based on the fact that the American people dislike them so much. They distrust our government. They, they distrust our mainstream media. And Donald Trump's the one guy that's out there talking about it. He's calling them out, and he's doing it at his own peril. And, and I think the American people like that, and that's why— you know, no matter how many indictments they have, no matter how many investigations and steel dossiers they cook up, the American people are still clearly behind Donald Trump. And you mentioned earlier, Nige, there's still a very good opportunity for another indictment coming from Georgia. So if that's going to happen, and a lot of people are betting that that's going to happen, you're looking at four indictments, possibly, on Donald Trump during an election cycle, which he's dominating right now. It's crazy. It's a wild time to be alive right now. And he's going to get another bump, I bet, in the polls. 
as as much as he's leading in every poll right now, and it's it, it's going to work for him in his favor. I don't think he's going to lose any ground unless they somehow prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he was actually trying to physically change the outcome of the election. And trust me, there are people that do believe that. I don't necessarily believe that he was trying. I'm not saying that there's proof, but Trump tried to snatch the election through uh, illegal maneuvers. Does that matter to voters at all? And that's going to be the question, right? Like, if Donald Trump is proven to be guilty of something and the evidence is overwhelming, whatever it may be, Will the diehard Trump supporter still say, that's my dude, I'm voting for Trump, and if Trump's not on the ballot, then I'm not voting at all? Because if that's going to be the case, the Republicans have a problem, and that's how you get four more years of Joe Biden, or probably, more likely, a couple more months of Joe Biden, and then Kamala Harris the rest of the way. Oh, goodness. So I want to talk about some information that was sent to me. Um... This came to me via an email. It was another email. So the chief diversity and equity officer for the city of Indianapolis is a guy by the name of Ben Tapper. Now, I don't know Ben Tapper. Ben Tapper could be a hell of a nice guy. I have no idea. I've never met the guy. But his signature is on this email that went to all city of Indianapolis workers. And that includes members of the IMPD and law enforcement, because they are city employees. I'm going to read this for you. And again, this went out to everybody. Good morning. As I continue to learn about the DEI needs of city, county departments and agencies, one thing I keep hearing is that people want opportunities to learn. Sure. Uh, It goes on. In that spirit, I'm sharing a resource with you called The Movement of 10,000. This was created by the Indianapolis Foundation. Now, he goes on to add a link here to this thing called the Movement 10,000. Okay, I didn't exactly hear anything so controversial with that statement there in that email that you attained. And after the link and another place where you can purchase the app, it says, please take a few minutes to complete the self-assessment. So I did the legwork here. Now, I clicked on the link. I was curious to see what it would say. This is from the Movement 10,000 website, which I have posted now on Twitter and Facebook. There's a section called, Who Is This For? And if you click on the Who Is It For? section, this is what it says. We are all socialized to perpetuate and maintain systems of oppression, and we could all take responsibility to learn how we can be part of dismantling it. And this is my favorite part. Mm -hmm. We recognize... The responsibility primarily sits with white people to do the learning and unlearning. Oh, yes. It's the white. It's whitey that's ignorant. People of color have their (laughs) own experiences that inform them of the existence and impact of systemic racism within our communities. Let me read that one part one more time. We recognize the responsibility primarily sits with white people to do the learning and unlearning. This is like the most racist thing you can write, (laughs) but it's coming from the Office of Diversity and Equity here in Indianapolis, Ben Tapper, who's the head of that. Yeah, DEI, Diversion, Equity, and Inclusion, uh, basically means that white people are the perpetual oppressors and that minorities 
are the perpetually oppressed. And unless you recognize and say that there is systemic racism, whether it be in law enforcement or colleges or the country, uh, then you are the you continue to be the problem. So I don't like. Okay, so I take the, say a DEI class, diversion equity. I'm sorry, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Like I don't believe I'm going to be included. Like there's not much inclusion for somebody like me who right. has who has thoughts that you know. It, like if I believe in an America first philosophy, I'm not going to be included in that. Kind of, I'm not, nope. There's no, there, there's no. Like if I think affirmative action was wrong and actually demeaning to those unfairly benefited from it solely be based on the color of their skin. If I believe that, then I'm not. I'm not going to be. They're not going to listen to me. I'm not going to be included in the discussion. You're the villain going into this because you're white. Yes, that's the message yes. here. So imagine being a white police officer in Indianapolis. You know the mayor hates you. He throws you under the bus every chance he gets when there's a public camera. You know that the community, because they pick up, you know, the media messages, they're not really for you. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. Groups of rowdy people here on Monument Circle chanting at police, spitting yeah, on police. Exactly. Not much. There's not much diversity, equity, and inclusion when I'm told to stay in my house and shut up during COVID. But those rules didn't apply to the social justice rioters that burned cities, even though they were mostly peaceful protests. We yeah. recognize that responsibility primarily sits with white people. Yeah, that's a pretty divisive statement, I would say. And do you buy, we are all socialized to perpetuate and maintain systems of oppression. Wait, wait a minute. So where did you get this? This was sent out to all city employees from the office of Ben Tapper, chief diversity and equity officer. So, <laughs> you, so you, so somebody forwarded you this email. Yeah, and said, take a look at this crap, basically. And again, I've got this on Twitter and Facebook, at Hammer and Nigel, the Movement 10,000 training website. Just click on who is it for, and then try not to laugh at the ridiculous <laughs> racism that is being thrown right in your face in the name of equity and diversion <laughs> and inclusion from diversity somebody getting a taxpayer funded paycheck here in Indianapolis so ridiculous like this is what the city is focused on right now think of all the problems we've got going on you know the canal has a little crime problem you know there's a lot of violent repeat offenders out on the streets broad ripple business owners said screw it we're going to close down early so you can't blame us but this? Hog, this is what you're going to send out? Hog set to point E, by the way. This is so ridiculous. On Facebook and Twitter, see it for yourself, at Hammer and Nigel. Which brings us to the mayor's race of Indianapolis. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I did this Thursday. We've had some time to take a deep breath, think about what's happening with this city. If you are somebody that normally votes Republican, do you still feel betrayed by Jefferson Shreve and his gun plan, basically blaming law-abiding citizens for the problems in Indy? Or have you cooled off a little bit? Have you had some time to reflect and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, this guy's better than Hogsett. I'm still hot. I still plan on not voting, and I feel like I've been stabbed in the back by the rhino 
That is Jefferson Shreve. But if you feel differently or if you feel the same, 239-9393. That's the number. 239-9393. I don't know how many calls we'll get in. We'll try to squeeze in as many as we can. But I just kind of want to take the temperature of Indianapolis now. It's been a couple days since Jefferson Shreve basically said law-abiding citizens, law-abiding gun owners are the problem. I'm curious as to what you think. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. So it's been a few days since mayoral candidate Jefferson Shreve, the Republican, came out and basically said the problem with Indianapolis, the problem really is you disgusting, dirty, vile, law-abiding gun owners. Now, I'm paraphrasing, of course. Um, So where are we at as a city here? I'm still fired up. I feel like I'm dealing with like Mitt Romney here now, like just a plant, a total rhino should have told us this information a long time ago. But there are some other people who have calmed down a little bit. So I just want to take the temperature of the city. Drew, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, uh, This would be a really, really good opportunity for a libertarian to get in there. Um, I'm not talking a goofy pot libertarian. Um, (laughs) A a regular libertarian, like a Donald Rainwater type. It would be an excellent opportunity. Please, please get somebody in there. Right on. Thank you, Drew. Let's go to Bill. Bill, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Fellas, I got to tell you, I'm madder than a three-legged cat trying to take a dump on an ice pond right now. I'm sick and tired of this crap. I'm I'm so mad. I'm not even and I'm I'm not even voting Libertarian this time. I'm just going to give them what they want. I'm just going to vote Democrat. I'm I'm so tired of it. Oh boy. Might as well just go ahead and get. I've done it before. I did it for Obama when they gave us a choice between him and uh, what's the other knucklehead McCain. I did it before, and I'll do it again, fellas. All right. Thank you, oh, What Bill. are you going to do? Are you going to vote at all? Or As of right now, gonna... I am not going to vote. And a lot of people are going to give me crap for that, but I can't vote for Joe Hawkson. I refuse to do that. And why would I reward somebody who's blaming me for the problems of Indianapolis? So because his public safety policy, the two-way portion specifically, mirrors Joe Hogshead. Right. Which can't become law anyway. It's all a moot point, yeah. He throws him a Hail Mary, and then Jefferson Shreve and his idiotic staff are like, hey, that really liberal idea that can never become law? Let's do that. No, I can't reward you with a vote, so I might have to sit out. Uh, Greg, you're next up on the Hammer and Nigel show. Yeah, hey, that first guy, he nailed it. I, the only donation I've ever made political-wise was rainwater, and I was all in for Shreve. When that hit, it was done and over. Like, he he totally screwed the pooch. Yep, I'm with you. Like, I, you know how I feel about Joe Hogsett, right? I was a card-carrying member of the Shreve fan club. I was I ready to have the sign in my yard, man. Day. You know, I was ready to do the stuff. And then that comes out, and now I understand how he feels about people like us, Greg. You know what I'm saying? Abs- 
Absolutely. And I wish I was there with your dad when Hogshead came. I worked there for, <laughs> at DPW for 21 years, and I saw him all the time. And as red-faced as he is, and you know why, <laughs> I would have given him the business. I, I have that same it. red face. I, I understand exactly. Uh, Kevin, you're next up on the Hammer and Nigel show. Yeah, I think this this was just a calculated move by Shreve. He knows that these uh, gun law proposals will never go through. So what that did, that took the uh, gun control issues right off the table. So it's just a non-discussion between the two candidates now. Now Shreve can concentrate on other things like crime and supporting the police and maybe getting getting rid of the DEI uh, racist that's uh, spreading propaganda to all the employees. Interesting. Okay, thank you, Kevin. Uh, Chuck, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Hey, uh, the owner of my company actually is helping out with Shreve's uh, uh, campaign. And as soon as he announced what he was doing with, you know, the gun control and all that sort of stuff, our owner pulled me aside. It's like, what do you guys think? I'm like, that was the stupidest thing ever. But I actually started thinking about it. And I kind of agree with Kevin, man. I think all he did was he knew it's a mute point, you know, and all he's trying to do is pull libertarians and the moderate blue over to the right. He knows that there's nothing he can do. Now, I think he's going to pick up more from the middle and the right than, you know, what he's losing from the Republicans. Because in my opinion, in Indianapolis, Republicans tend to think for themselves. Yeah, and that's the question that Abdul and I were kind of talking about the other day. You know, Abdul ran yeah. for mayor. It's about pluses and minuses. Is the risk worth the reward here? So you've kind of crapped on a lot of people who are your base, but can you overcome well, I, that by picking up other folks? Exactly, yep. So I don't agree with you on that one. Hey, that's but fine, man. 99% of the time, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, sorry we don't have time for Steve and Roger. God bless you guys uh we'll get you guys next time it's the hammer nigel show hammer what do we think of nikki haley as a candidate for president of the united states i mean you know she was the first female governor of south carolina she uh, worked in the trump administration as ambassador um he promoted his if I recall, she promoted heavily Trump's America First agenda, and now she's kind of like taking pot shots at him. But I feel like that's pretty par for the course when you're running for president of the United States against other Republicans. You take pot shots at people, right? You do, and it's not about what I think. It's about what voters in you know various states around the nation think. And right now, depending on the state you look at, Nikki Haley polls anywhere from two. Three, four percent. Not good. Quite the war hawk. I mean, she's all about Ukraine. And I feel like sometimes, and we got a clip of her coming up here, but I, I just, I feel like sometimes she throws it in your face. Like, yeah, you need to elect a woman. Like, she, she definitely checks off, she enjoys checking off that identity. Um, in terms of her Indian heritage and the fact that she's a female. It feels like she got into this race because she wanted a seat at somebody's cabinet. Like To me, I see a lot of Pete Buttigieg in Nikki Haley. Now, to his credit, Pete Buttigieg at least won some early states for the Democrats. Nikki Haley's not going to win any states. She's not even going to win her own state, even if she's still around I mean, to be on the ballot I mean, for She it. was already ambassador to the United Nations, and she did 
was on record as saying she'd never run against Trump. Well, that went out the window a long time ago. Yeah, she's doing a lot of things <laughs> against Donald Trump, like bringing the heat to him. It's going to keep on going. I mean, the rest of this primary election is going to be, in reference to Trump, is going to be about lawsuits. It's going to be about legal fees. It's going to be about judges. And it's just going to continue to be a further and further um, distraction. And that's why I am running, is because we need a new generational leader. We can't keep dealing with this drama. We can't keep dealing with the negativity. We can't keep dealing with all of this. We've got China that's literally trying to be at war with us. You've got Iran building a bomb. You've got North Korea detaining a soldier and testing ballistic missiles. We need to focus on the debt and the lack of transparency in schools and crime and the craziness on the border. We can't be sitting there focused on lawsuits over and over again. Now, even though yeah. that trash can that you normally throw up in right there, Nige, has a better chance to become president <laughs> than Nikki Haley does, there is a little bit of truth to what she's saying right there. Yes, there's going to be investigation, lawsuit, legal fees every step of the way for Donald Trump in this process. But ultimately... Isn't that what the Democrats want? Don't the Democrats right now and this Biden Department of Justice, don't they want people to feel like Nikki Haley where you just get tired and give up on Donald Trump? Yeah, maybe because they don't want to run against Donald Trump. I mean, there's two, there's two schools of thought. They don't want to run against Donald Trump. They don't want to have to be on a debate stage with Donald Trump. Anybody, and they don't like, and, and by the way, that means you too, the MAGA voter, the MAGA hat wearing, ardent Trump supporter. The, the always Trumper. They don't like you. They don't like what he stands for. And they are doing anything and everything in their power, including another announcement today, at least by Donald Trump, saying he could be indicted again for this January 6th stuff, like Nikki Haley said in the clip. So so maybe they're playing into her hands. Maybe they're playing into their hands um, here a little bit. I, I, I get and I understand what she's saying. I'm like, yeah, maybe we could find somebody else to do just as good a job as Donald Trump. But Donald Trump did a pretty damn good job his four years in office. The only thing that really derailed Donald Trump was his handling of COVID. You could yes. make the case that it, the it, way that he handled COVID um, was his undoing. He spent a lot of money, bribed the states to shut down, kept Fauci in power, pushed through the vaccines. Sure, there was there were some things that I did not like and uh, was all in for, for lockdowns and things in the very beginning. And for a guy who talked about draining the swamp, you sure did keep a lot of swamp monsters around, and those people ultimately betrayed you. The people that you trusted, they ultimately betrayed you. Why? Because they fit in in Washington, D.C., and they want to stick around. So if you're DeSantis and you're, you know, Nikki Haley here, you have to say these things. Why the hell not? What do you have to lose, right? You're getting your doors blown off in polling. Exactly what I was going to say next, the polls. And and people have their issues with polling, especially this early before, you know, even the first actual GOP presidential debate has happened, which is happening in August. But man, I feel like every poll I see is very cons- uh, very consistent. And when you see a lot of consistencies in these different polls, even mainstream polls that are Democrat-friendly, that Donald Trump is blasting the doors off the other uh, his opponents, th- there's something to me that says, okay, they might be right. 
there's only one person that remotely has a chance right now to beat him, and it's Ron DeSantis. And what he's going to need is an amazing debate. Not only does he have to be amazing in that debate, he needs Donald Trump to show up to it. Well, there, there's the key right there. Didn't show up to Tucker's forum, or the the you know the the forum last Friday that the Blaze put on that Tucker hosted. Uh, we'll see if he shows up at this more traditional Fox debate coming up in August. I asked uh, Amy Joe this, our pal Daisy from the Chicks on the Right the other yep. day. I want to find out what you think. Nige, if you were getting a paycheck to be Donald Trump's campaign manager, and if you're at home, if you're in your car, think about this question for yourself, too. What would you advise your candidate, Donald Trump, to do? <laughs> you know how much he loves attention, he loves the spotlight, but he's also up big in the polls. Would you advise <laughs> Advise him to do the debate or not? Uh, yeah, if you're asking me, I'll, I'll go a different direction. If I was uh, President Biden's advisor, stay in the basement, sir. <laughs> you got your nomination locked in, okay? But if I was Donald Trump's advisor, I'd say, no, get out there, do what you do, be Donald Trump, play the victim. You are the victim of uh, the weaponization of the Department of Justice. You're under indictment for some BS, total, some some random documents in your bathroom. Get out there, tell the world how you're a victim. Forget about the election in 2020 and tell him your accomplishments in your four years as president and also convey the fact of what you're going to do in the next four years to right the course here. I feel like if he doesn't show up, that big lead he has in state polling will diminish because people will hit him for being a coward. That's the angle that the DeSantis's, hmm. the Tim Scott's, the Ramaswamy's will ultimate play. You know, he didn't show up. We showed up here. Uh, Big Nige, hit me with a little mood music, please. Got a feud going? It's a long-running feud. The city of Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Police Department. Now, historically, this is a feud that's gone back and forth, and I understand why. I mean, you watch the old footage of the Rodney King situation, and you see the LAPD skate on that. I understand why the folks in the city of Los Angeles were ticked off. But in this case, this is a little different. The vice president of the Los Angeles Police Union has pretty much had it with the disrespect shown toward police officers in Los Angeles. So they've got salary contract deals going on right now. The LA Police Protective League, the vice president, put out a statement basically telling all the officers, if you don't like it here, we're not mad at you. Go somewhere where they <laughs> respect you. I'm going to read this word for word. It's getting ugly here. I thought it was bad here in Indianapolis. Wow. Again, this is the LA Police Protective League vice president on a statement sent out to all the officers on Facebook. Go somewhere that respects the work you do, and you don't have to beg for a great contract. Somewhere that has a city council or a city manager that openly acknowledges the great work you do. Go somewhere that doesn't have two or more city council members who hate you. No exaggeration. Boy, that certainly sounds familiar, doesn't it? Although, 
nobody's saying out loud here in Indianapolis. You have actually, you have somebody, you know, with a bullhorn here with the uh, the LAPPL saying, "Yeah, I don't blame you if you don't go if you go somewhere else." I mean, we do have we do have a problem here in, uh, in this city where uh, Donut Counties are are actively recruiting and are successfully recruiting IMPD to come here. Oh, your city county count your city county council doesn't respect you. Your mayor has turned his back on you. Uh, so come work for us. It's equal pay, probably more pay, less stress, and we'll actually protect you. And one of the things I hear a lot from my friends in law enforcement, and you probably hear the same, Nige, is when Joe Hogsett and the city county counselors, they're speaking directly to the police and there's no cameras around, they say complimentary things. But the minute cameras show up or something controversial happens, you can actually oh, yeah. hear the bus being backed up to run over the police and all the police supporters in the city. I mean, look at the cops in the Aaron Bailey situation. Cleared uh, after investigation, committee hearings, cleared, 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 and those guys were still still blamed and thrown under uh, the proverbial uh, semi-truck by the administration. Drayshawn Reed's family got a settlement. Drayshawn Reed, who was trying to shoot and kill a police officer in Indianapolis, and all the video and all the evidence and all the ballistics show that the officer was justified in protecting himself, his life, by ending the life of Drayshawn Reed. Exactly. That scumbag's family got a settlement. And this is why officers are leaving very blue, Democrat-led cities, people in the past who have talked about defunding the police. Now, that never was the case here in Indy. To Hogsett's credit, if he gets any, they actually put money into the police department. But then the minute something bad happens, he's in front of a camera just ripping them. Okay, that's fine. And I want the police to have all the money they need to operate. And I know there was some federal funding there. But that federal funding is not going to last forever. You can't keep throwing money at a problem unless you close the revolving door of the criminal justice system. Stop letting repeat violent offenders out. And that will fix the problem, along with uh, a police force that has high morale. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Well, you're here. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. At work with me, so I'm assuming you didn't win the Powerball, um, <laughs> which has reached a billion with a B, one billion dollars. Uh, the odds of winning this thing are always horrible. Somebody always ends up winning it, though. Yeah, one in 292.2 million. That's the odds. <laughs> you know what? What did Han Solo say? Don't tell me no, the never odds. Never tell me the odds. That's my theory going into uh, playing the Powerball. I'd still show up to work, though. I love what I do. I'd still be here. Now, I would tell all of my bosses, like Captain Phillips, look at me. I'm the captain now. I don't want to hear any sort of criticism, but I'd show up to work. How about you? Yeah, no, I'd be here. I would maybe start to invest in a home studio and work out a deal where, uh, like a Tony Katz deal, or maybe one or two days a week. I so be even lazier than now. Even lazier. No, right. Exactly. The full Tony uh, Katz experience. Um, so, I, uh, no, no, no. Of course, I, I would still come to work. I, I think my wife might retire. 
retire, though. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. We're, we're a you know we're a dual income family right now. That both of us are uh, very reliant on our paychecks. Let's just put it that way. So yeah, I think one of us at least would retire. So in order to set the mood of this billion dollar jackpot, I've put together a montage of songs about money. I want to see how many of these songs, Nige, you can name. Okay. okay. All right. Let's Re- go. Floyd? No. Oh, uh. The OJs. For the love of money. The apprentice theme. Okay. That's ACDC. Yes. Money talks. Oh. Nelly. Nelly, ride with me. Must be the money! There's Floyd. There's your Floyd. Okay, that's it. You got that one. I miss the OJ. Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, I wouldn't have got that one. If you miss this, come on. Old man's money. You can rely on your old man's. I, I ain't got it. It's 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 completely escaped me. Hold it oats. Damn it. Hold it oats. Nice. Gwen Stefani. Well, I was going to say Gwen. That was a piss so, poor effort. I'm so mad at myself that I did not get Hall and Oates. Oh, oh man. Right. Sorry about that. Well, now you've sucked all the life out of this room. <laughs> Let me go get some liquid encouragement. I'm going to take a shot. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.